everybody gather near the doctors in the house. So lend them your ears. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is Doctor is in the house. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. Happy to be here today and happy and grateful that we have so many listeners. Today, we're going to have uh, as a special guest, uh, Phil Safer. Phil has been a guest on this program many times. And uh, we will continue our discussion with uh, natural medicine and and the fact that you must, and I insist, you be the CEO of your own body. Listen to it and make decisions. Find health care providers that you can question. And if they don't give you answers, it's time to move on. And as Dr. Jerry Smith used to say, if they have dead plants in their waiting rooms, it might be a good sign for you to uh, move on. Uh, before we get on with our special guest today, uh, just want to uh, remind you uh, that we this, this uh, series of programs we're doing over the that we've started a few weeks ago and will continue to do are based on the fact of giving you knowledge that you can use. Okay, and um, about four weeks ago we we uh, actually talked about politics and medicine. Then we talked about our doctors the really keeping you healthy. And then Dr. Wong uh, talked a lot about naturopathic versus Rockefeller medicine. And uh, last week we talked about, you know, you have a good doctor today supposedly is one that orders a lot of tests. But if they all come back normal and you still feel like, uh, you know what, you're not feeling well, why is that? So uh, we're going to follow that up today with uh, Phil Safer. And then uh, after after the holiday in two weeks, we'll have a special guest, uh, Dr. Negri. Dr. Negri uh, wrote a book called The Century of Naturopathy. And we'll go through that and find out, you know, more about what Rockefeller did in 1910 when he put that $100 million uh, into uh, destroying uh, what was then a homeopathic and natural medicine uh, with, a, with, we talked about a Flexner report, and how he started the AMA, and then under the restrictions that they put on uh, medical people, the U.S. medical schools in the 19th century were, uh, there were 400 medical schools in the 19th century. That was, by 1910, they knocked that down to 148, and by 1930, they knocked that down to 160. So we'll continue with that. Um, Continue with... uh, healing by vibrations and frequencies and again what the bottom line is does your doctor always know what's best well with 85 percent of doctors now being employed uh, we have to consider that with when you have uh, medical journals like JAMA and Lancet publishing false articles regarding especially ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine that were written by ghost writers 
you know, you have to start uh, questioning what, what, who you're going to listen to. Well, you're going to listen to your own body. You're going to do your own research. You're going to listen to shows like this one. Maybe you'll sign up for my uh, Telegram page, Doc Ron Unfiltered, you know, where you'll see articles by Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, uh, Dr. Tenpenny. So you can make up your own mind uh, what's going on. So enough of that. Uh, let me introduce, I think I have him on the phone, Dr. Uh, Phil Safer. Phil Safer originally came to us. Uh, because we were interested in colloidal silver, but he's much more than colloidal silver. Uh, Phil has a company, Alexa Limited, and he has lots of products. He's been in this field for over 30 years of treating things naturally to obtain some sort of optimal wellness, treating mind, body, and soul. Okay. And uh, he's brought so much more to our programs uh, Beside colloidal silver, he's brought to us a, a, the one that I still use today, methylene blue, you know, vinpocetine. And uh, we're going to find out a lot of, more about uh, Phil <clears throat> Safier today. And Phil, I, I imagine that's you on the line, and that, good morning, sir. Good morning, doctor. How are you? I am fine. I mean, uh, fine like wine. Uh, it's uh, 10 o'clock here in Naples. Was it 8 o'clock where you are? Eight o'clock in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh my gosh! Well, you know, uh, I was intrigued uh, when uh, we talked about coming on the program uh, with your uh, note to me that uh, that stated we need to learn to listen to our bodies. Okay, that, and that's been that's been our message for the past few weeks. Although it's been our message for six years on this podcast, uh, more so now than ever when we were being abused and used and schooled and fooled by the so-called experts. Uh, and, and ladies and gentlemen, boy, whenever you hear the science is settled, you know, run the other way, run for the exit because it's never settled. So, uh, so Phil, you have some, some comments. Why don't, you, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself first and then tell us your thoughts on, on, on natural healing. <laughs> Great. First of all, uh, I think you said I'm a doctor. I'm not. I just play one on the Internet, so let's make that clear. Uh, I do. <laughs> so, um, I, as you said, I've been uh, involved with uh, natural healing and alternatives to standard pharmaceuticals and allopathic medicine for most of my life. And at this point, I'm 77 in excellent health, I take no pharmaceutical medications, I exercise, I do Tai Chi, and one of the things that I've learned um, actually fairly recently during this last few years is the importance of the breath, and I'd, I'd like to go into that in more detail, but before I do that, I'd really like to address what you were talking about uh, you were saying that we need to listen to our bodies, and absolutely that's correct, and we need to understand what that really means and how to listen to our body. But beyond that, we need to understand about not listening to some of these false prophets and uh, uh, sham scientists and their faulty research. So we have to learn 
to discriminate. We have to learn to think critically. And in this time, we're undergoing a crisis of confidence, of meaning. And um, we're actually uh, participating in a con game. And, and the con is part of confidence. So a, a confidence game is a con game. And uh, people try to get your confidence in order to sell you something. And sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not so good. So we have to learn to think critically. And I want to advocate for skepticism. People sometimes think that skepticism uh, is negative, like cynicism. It's, skepticism is not cynicism. Skepticism is science. It's the scientific method. So I'd like to put out a, a thought here that we're not as smart as we think we are, and we're also not as dumb. And we're smart enough to get into trouble, but often we're not smart enough to get out of trouble. And that's where we find ourselves. We're very smart on many levels. Technically, we're very smart, but we're not as smart as we think we are. And we're also not emotionally smart. There's an actual uh, index like IQ, and it's called EQ, which is the emotional quotient. And they've found that on average, Americans in particular have an uh, EQ of around 10 years of age. So we have to be real careful when we listen to people and ask ourselves several questions. One is, how smart are these people? How good is their research? Peer-reviewed, and who reviews the peers? And we want to ask ourselves, who benefits? When they tell us things, do they have conflicting interests? So uh, we need to be able to think for ourselves, and, and that's really what's lacking in, in education these days, that uh, more and more people don't think for themselves. They follow, they obey. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that they're afraid. Anxiety is, an, is the real epidemic. That's the pandemic is anxiety because uh, fear, uh, as Herbert said in, in Dune, fear is the mind slayer. So you have to learn how to reduce your anxiety, and, and, and that will help you to think clearly. And uh, when in doubt, don't act. Stop. Have some patience. Wait. Remember, there's three things that happen when you're confronted with a threat. You can fight, you can flee, or you can freeze. And sometimes freezing is the best thing to do, is just to stop. And in order to, to stop, you need to get into the parasympathetic part of the nervous system um, and get out of fight or flight and get into the, the zen, the chill state. And in order to do this, the best way to do this is to learn how to breathe properly. And that's what I'd like to go into, if you'll permit me to start on that. That would be great. I mean, I, I, and, and I love the analogy to get into the, or, or the thought to get into the sympathetic nervous system because we are living 
in a, in a state of being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, but there's no tiger. So that's right. <laughs> I, so we want I, to get I, into yeah. We want to get into the parasympathetic, and I, I'd like to to start this um, uh, explanation about the importance of breath by saying that learning to breathe properly is in my opinion, the most important health lesson you can learn. We're always breathing. In fact, we are the breath. And if you think about it just a little bit, you realize that you can go without food for a long time, a month, two months, people say. You can go without water, well, a week maybe, something like that. But without air... I don't know how many minutes you can last with that air, but it's not very long. So we need, we we have to breathe. We're always breathing, but we're not always breathing correctly. And the best thing about learning how to breathe properly and to help yourself is, first of all, it's free. There's no charge to learn this. You need no equipment. You can do this anytime any place, anywhere, and everyone can do it. And when I talk about breathing properly, I'm talking about breathing through the nose. Nasal breathing, what we're meant to do for a number of reasons, when you breathe through your nose, and I'm talking about both inhaling and exhaling through the nose, there's several things that happen. Number one is you're filtering the incoming air. When you inhale through your mouth, there's no filtration there, very little. But when you breathe in through your nose, you're filtering the air, you're humidifying the air, you're warming the incoming air. You're increasing the airflow, oxygen flow to arteries, veins, and nerves. You slow down your breath. You improve the volume of your lungs. Your diaphragm works better. It works properly. So these are just some of the benefits of nasal breathing. And I'd like to go into a few of the techniques that a person can use. Also, uh, I should say that um, I've, I've written up some of these notes at the website. So if people want to go to Elixa, E-L-I-X-A dot com slash breath, B-R-E-A-T-H, breath. They'll see more information on this, and there's a lot of good resources on this. Uh, There's a book by James Nestor called Breath, which I highly recommend. It's available as an e-book, or you can buy a hard copy of it. Uh, there's also an audio version of it, so you can just listen to it while you're walking or do something else. I highly recommend his book. He goes into this in great depth, and, and it's just a fabulous resource. And then also you can go on to YouTube and just type in breathing techniques and nasal breathing, and you'll see lots and lots of people talking about ways that you use breath. So I'll go into a few of these uh, techniques Um, First of all, as I said, uh, you want to only breathe through your nose with rare exceptions. Um, And I might add that uh, 
this has a very, very long tradition. In fact, the American Indians, there were tribes that would watch their infant sleeping. And if the infant was breathing through its mouth, they would gently close the, the infant's mouth and get it to breathe through its nose. They would even go so far as to tell their children that if they breathed through their mouth, evil spirits would enter into them and cause them problems. So this is they understood the importance of nasal breathing. So you're breathing in through your nose and you're breathing out through your nose. One of the things that this does is it increases nitric oxide production. Nitric oxide is one of the most important chemicals that we have in our body. You can increase this by eating beets. There's a lot of ways arginine, things like this, will increase your nitric oxide uh, intake. But you can do this by yourself by breathing nasally. And one of the tricks to increase nitric oxide production is to hum while you exhale. And the research actually shows that the ideal frequency for this is 130 cycles per second. Mm, kind of like that. And you can find uh, 130 cycles. Uh, again, there are YouTube videos that give you this sound. And as you exhale mm, through the nose, you increase nitric oxide production by a factor of 15, mm. not 15%, but 15 times, you get 15 times more nitric oxide in your system. And this helps actually the, the cells use oxygen. When you're breathing through your mouth, panting, you're going up a hill, you're running, you're getting more air in. But the truth of the matter is you're not getting as much oxygen where it needs to go into the cells. So when you breathe nasally, you're, you're increasing your oxygen uptake. You can actually measure this. And another thing that happens when you breathe nasally is that you're creating a back pressure in your lungs, which helps to expand your lungs. Uh, another uh, technique that I like very much is as you inhale, you want to expand the rib cage. If you expand your rib cage, you're doing a couple of things. Number one, you can actually take in more air than if you belly breathe or if you chest breathe. People talk about belly breathing all the time, uh, but there's a kind of a, a mistake there because you're, you don't actually want to expand your belly as much as you want to expand your rib cage. Another benefit of doing this is that you increase the rib mobility, which is very, very important. And stuck ribs can uh, have a lot of damaging effects. So you want to, uh, again, open up those ribs, get them moving properly. Um, so that's another uh, technique that you can do. Another um, uh, technique is that uh, and this is especially good for stress reduction, and again, getting into the parasympathetic, is that make your exhales longer than your inhale. Uh, the uh, Navy SEALs and a lot of these uh, elite um, armed forces have a technique that they call box breathing, which is very, very simple. And 
basically what you do is you inhale, again, through the nose for four seconds. You hold the breath for four seconds. Exhale, again, through the nose for four seconds. Hold the breath for four seconds. And then repeat the cycle. Inhale for four seconds. So the box breathing done just a few times. It doesn't take a lot of time to do this. A few of these repetitions, again, will put you into the parasympathetic part of the nervous system, get you into the flow state, keep you relaxed and ready for whatever you have to do, whether it's athletic or martial arts, anything that you have to do, talking to uh, your spouse when (laughs) they're angry and you're angry. All these things, it's it's remarkable how you can use your breath to get your nervous system calmed down to where you're more rational and you can think in a sane manner instead of losing your stuff. And and so there's so many benefits. Uh, I could go on and on about the importance of nasal breathing. Uh, but uh, it, it, to me, in all the years that I've been involved with alternative health methods, it, it's kind of surprising that I overlooked the most effective, simplest, least expensive way to, to improve your health. So that's, that's kind of the summation of where I wanted to go with this, this talk today. And, it, again, it's, it's so remarkable that right in front of us, the one thing that we've been neglecting all this time and teaching our children is the importance of the breath. And, of course, this knowledge goes back thousands and thousands of years. People knew these things probably because they didn't have a lot of distractions. They could focus on their breath. And, and they, they were not raised in a society that practiced a pill for an ill. Uh, they, exactly. They, they, they learned to do it naturally. Well, uh, another thing that breathing uh, does, it also keeps your mouth shut. So if there is a problem at home, you won't make it worse. Uh, exactly. But, right. Exactly. But this vagus nerve stimulation is something that we have not spent a lo- enough time on. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Uh, but yes. It, right. Because the, if you can stimulate, what, what's the number one uh, cause of chronic disease? It's inflammation. Yes. Right. And 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 the vagus nerve uh, can dampen the effect of uh, inflammation and inflammatory diseases like irritable bowel and rheumatoid arthritis. So I, I, I applaud you for bringing this subject up because we have talked about acupuncture and vagus nerve. Uh, I had one guest that mentioned just in a sentence about Tai Chi, uh, Mm -hmm. but most of them uh, rely on, uh, or, 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 uh, are promoting a product like beetroot juice and other multivitamins and, and so forth. But here we have it, like you said, this is free. It's free. But it's interesting that you raise that because um, in Tai Chi, uh, especially the form that I do, which is very rare, it's called Tibetan Tai Chi. It was brought over by a true grandmaster from Indonesia. Um, one of the th- we we do inhale through the nose, uh, and we are instructed to keep the tongue on the roof of the mouth, mm. and this is very important. And in fact, um, 
you may know this already, but um, uh, you can go on again to YouTube and you um, uh, learn about an orthodontist, actually three generations of orthodontists who got away from using braces and teaching people to breathe properly through their nose and to keep the tongue on the roof of the mouth. It reshapes the mouth and the teeth. So, um, again, we, we teach this, at all, keeping the tongue on the roof of the mouth also um, it, it completes an energetic circuit in the body that's very helpful. Another thing that we do that's incredibly powerful is to visualize the flow of the breath. So in, in our uh, forms, we're instructed to visualize the air coming in through the nose, going up over the front of the face, up over the head, down back, down the spine, down in and up into the dantian, as it's called, under the belly button. And then as you exhale, you visualize the breath coming up and out the and out that way. Now, one of the things you can do with visualizing the breath is to direct the flow of breath, energy, chi, whatever you like, into an area that needs blood flow. So, for instance, if you're hiking and your legs are tired, if as you breathe in, you imagine that breath going down into your thighs and your quads and your calves, you will actually notice right away, not, not days later, but right away, you'll notice that your legs are more energetic, that they have more energy, that they're less sore. And this goes for any part of the body. You can imagine, you can visualize this energy. If you like, you can think of it as oxygen, again, or energy itself. You can actually direct it with your mind. And again, this is not woo-woo. This is, you, can, you can actually measure this with instruments. You can measure blood flow uh, with a number of different ways. There are biofeedback devices for the head, for instance, if you had a, a head injury or stroke or something like this. You can actually imagine blood flow going to that area, and you can measure that there's an actual increase in blood flow. And, 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 and you're right. There's a lot of uh, positive effects uh, from, from the breath. And uh, yes. you, mentioned, you mentioned nitric oxide. And uh, I had a note here. It's funny. I had it just in front of me that nitric oxide, there was a Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize uh, given for the discovery of that, of that molecule in 1998. And to keep our listeners interested in nitric oxide and breath, it may help guys and gals with your sexual function. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, don't, don't for, you know, if you need a reason to breathe and there's, you have a little problem, you might want to take more interest in that breath and do it properly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. And again, we're talking about arginine, uh, eating beets, et cetera, et cetera. All these things will improve erectile dysfunction and things like that because that, that's the real problem is blood flow. You need blood to make Mr. Happy happy. 
Right, and if you and to get that blood down there, you want your arteries to, to open up wide, and and the breath yeah. by stimulating nitric oxide is, is is a good answer for you, ladies and gentlemen. And another fact, reason, so you finish that, please. Yeah, well, um, you, there's actually a nitric oxide uh, spray that you can inhale. Uh, that's that's again preventative for all these airborne. Uh, viruses and various conditions that are going around, um, which is a great thing. However, again, you don't need to buy anything. Again, if you will inhale through your nose and exhale, you're increasing nitric oxide production. And if you hum while you exhale, again, a 15-fold increase in nitric oxide production. So there you have it. You know, you you keep saying, listen to your body. Okay, and it's absolutely the best advice there is. And by paying attention to the breath, we're really listening to the body. If you really want to listen to the body, pay attention to your breathing. It's so simple. It requires some focus. it's, It's something you have to work on. It actually takes about a month to develop a new habit like this. But if you practice it, you don't have to do it constantly, but the more you practice it, the faster it will become more of an automatic thing that you will breathe through your nose. Another thing that I wanted to raise here is that uh, some people will say, I can't breathe through my nose. I have, I, I need surgery to open up. No, you don't need surgery. It's very rare that you actually need a surgical intervention for just about anything unless you break something. But um, you can open up those passages through breath work. It's, it's very possible to open up these clogged uh, airways naturally. So don't, don't think that just because you, you, you have a hard time breathing through your nose that you, you'll never be able to. That's just not true. That's a myth. And they've, they've done incredible work with people with all kinds of really dire medical conditions that had no particular treatment. But when they taught people to breathe nasally, they got better. Well, again, uh, you really you really hit a home run with this topic because I have a, in my notes about nitric oxide decreases blood clot likelihood. So, what have we seen with the Chinese virus? A lot of clotting, exactly. right? Exactly. We talked about erectile dysfunction, brain health, your immune system boost uh, uh, by uh, breathing and increasing nitric oxide. Your performance in all ways, not only in bed, but uh, athletically. And one more in my notes is anti-aging. Okay. So there's a a lot of reasons to to, uh, be conscious of your breath. And then I have one other question. Not one. I have a lot of questions now that you brought this subject up. I didn't know where we were going. How about the the Iceman, uh, Jim Huff? uh, Huff, Wim Huff, yeah. Jim Huff. Well, William Huff, yeah. yeah. Any the is his breathing techniques any different? Because I'm I'm not in. I have not studied it. Any different yeah. than what you would do with Tai Chi or? Yeah, he's 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 taking a different approach. He's getting more air in. He he does 
hyperventilation where you're actually uh, huffing and puffing for uh, an amount of time. And then on the final, I think it's like 30, you do 30 inhales and exhales deep and fairly rapid. And at the end of the last breath, you exhale and you hold it. And it's pretty amazing because uh, you can then you can hold your breath easily for a minute or two minutes. It's it's pretty amazing because you've got this tremendous amount of oxygen in your system. What what I'm talking about, what James Nestor in the book Breath talks about, is that actually what you want to do is you want to decrease the amount of oxygen. You want to increase the amount of CO2. Everybody thinks CO2 is a bad thing, carbon dioxide. It's actually very, Mm -hmm. very important. And, again, Nestor explains the mechanism of why we want to increase CO2, and you want to learn to tolerate this increase of CO2. If you get enough CO2 in you, you'll start to panic. You'll feel like, oh, my God, I'm about to die. I'm going to asphyxiate. Actually, the more you can learn to tolerate that feeling, and there's ways that you do this. There's a whole um, technique called uh, buteco breathing, buteco breathing, which you can look up, uh, which gives you simple exercises that help you uh, increase your, your CO2 content. So, for instance, say you exercise real hard one day, you know in a day or two, you're going to start to hurt from this. Well, it turns out that if you, uh, uh, after you exercise, if you sit down and you do the Butieko technique uh, of shallow, very shallow breathing, it takes a, a number of minutes, 10, 15, 20 minutes, you increase your CO2 levels, which actually increases your output of positive hydrogen ions. And hydrogen is obviously the ultimate antioxidant. When it, when it hits oxygen, it creates water, H2O. H2O. So uh, by increasing your CO2 content, your carbon dioxide content, you're actually decreasing inflammation. Uh, so you can do this again through breathing. You can also drink carbonated water. So who knew that drinking seltzer (laughs) is actually a terrific thing? All those people in New York who used to get, along with their milk deliveries, bottles of seltzer water. You got that. I remember that. Yeah, you know, and and it actually turns out that drinking carbonated water without sugar, of course, just carbonated water is actually very good for you. So uh, we have to, to to come to terms with carbon dioxide and not think of it as a poison or a, a problem. Um, it's actually a beneficial thing. So that's that's one of the differences between the nasal breathing concept and and Vim Hof's technique. Vim Hof's techniques of hyper uh, oxygenation and ventilation. It's very useful. Uh, you can get into some very interesting states by doing this. It's it's kind of almost like taking DMT or something like that. You, it's, it's psychedelic in, in ways. So it's very interesting. There's a lot of benefits to what he does, but it's actually another, uh, a, a different approach to this. And it's, it's not something that you do moment to moment every day, 24-7. What I'm talking about is you want to be breathing nasally, 
as, as much as you can, as, uh, as often as you can, meaning all day long. And the more you do this, the more benefit you get out of it. One of the, by, by the way, parenthetically, one of the things that uh, Vim Hof advocates is, uh, is cryotherapy. And uh, you can start doing this by taking cold showers and things like that. So the uh, improvement in your immune system is tremendous if you uh, do cold therapy. It really helps the body. So I, I like Vim Hof a lot, but um, we're, we're talking about a different approach to breath. Okay. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, you've heard the word inflammation a few times today. And I think uh, Mr. Safer would agree that one of the things we talked about, Phil, is uh, earthing. You know, so while you're oh, walking yeah. on the beach or walking on grass and, and do the breathing, uh, you got, you, you, you're getting more than your money's worth, right? Absolutely, yeah. In fact, there are actually shoes that are designed to create that circuit. They're actually conductive soles and... and um, especially if you wear these uh, shoes. So you, you don't necessarily have to go barefoot. There's places where you don't want to go barefoot, but you can still earth. You can still ground yourself with, with special shoes. But basically, if you go out and stand on, on the, the ground, uh, grass or whatever, uh, for 20 minutes, you're getting, you're discharging all these, you know, things that, these electrical buildups and charges that you don't want in your body. And then there's also, um, uh, for your bed, uh, there are pillowcases and sheets and things that have silver uh, impregnated in them so that they're conductive. And then you attach this to the, the bottom uh, uh, pole on, on your outlet, your wall outlet. You have to be careful when you do this. But if, you're, if your house is properly grounded, and there's ways to check for this, just by plugging your sheet or your pillowcase into that, again, that bottom third uh, socket there, and not the upper two, um, you, you can ground yourself while you sleep. So, yeah, it's a tremendous technique. Yeah, and that, that thing, that's Clint Ober. Uh, that, and I don't know, do you have them on your website, or is that just like from Earthing? No, no. And it, it's very simple, really. Um, and you can buy all, all kinds of grounding straps. Grounding straps have been used forever for electronics technicians to keep them from shorting out circuitry. So they'll, they'll wear a little wrist strap that they plug into uh, something that's grounded. And those are very inexpensive. You can use that. You can make them. I mean, it's, 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 you know, you can make one for a dollar, really. You know, just take a piece of wire and, and again, plug it into that, that third pole. Again, yeah, in it, fact, it, it, it not, not all of those are actually grounded to the earth, though, so you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, well, I, I bought that plug that, that checks it. And in fact, I'm sitting here with my bare feet on a mat right now because I right, feel so much right. better when I'm grounded. Yeah, absolutely, and everything. And again, the breath work grounds you. That's a way of grounding. Also, is to do wow. is to to breathe properly. Didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so this has been really informative. And um, uh, since you have been on the last time, uh, Phil, we've discovered that you know somewhere around thirty-five to forty minutes, most of our listeners will will stay tuned after that they they switch off i guess because they get off their exercise bike or bike or treadmill or what have you or that's enough walking for the day 
yep. but I, 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 I have learned a lot today. I have learned a lot. I'm so happy. I mean, with an attitude of gratitude, I thank you for bringing this topic up because it's not something that I think I would have done uh, in the course of planning for programs. So I want to thank you a lot. And if I could just kind of make a closing statement here and tie it back to this original topic of, of how do we know what we know? How do we know who to trust? Um, and, and again, what you said, listen to the body. If you learn to pay attention to your breath, it will help you become independent and self-reliant. You will have more confidence, more ease, more relaxation, and you will be able to think clearly. And when people are trying to blow smoke up you know where, you'll realize it. And, and you'll, you'll begin to say, wait a second, is this real or is this not real? And you become a more intelligent, more discriminating consumer of information. And that's our problem today. There's lots and lots of problems, but I think the overarching problem is how do we know what we know? And this goes not only for externally, but ourselves. Ask yourself when you have a thought. Does that thought make any sense? I'm, I'm amazed. If, I, if you pay attention, if you observe your thoughts, you begin to realize that some huge percentage of what you think is absolute nonsense. <laughs> you know? and, and question yourself. Realize that the inside and the outside are not two different things. It's all one thing. It's all connected, and you've got to learn Again, who you are, how you operate, and what's real and what's not real. And I'm telling you, the breath is the key. It's the it's the key that unlocks all the doors. Well, this is definitely worthwhile, ladies and gentlemen, because you know we want to get away from the mentality of a pill for every ill, and you're not healthy because the pills are masking the symptoms. You say, well, I feel good, but I'm taking four different pills a day from my doctor. Uh, that's not health in, 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 in my opinion. Uh, so this, this might be, you know, in addition to everything else we're talking about this month and how to think about your medical providers, your health care providers, the fact that even uh, today with so many physicians being employed and, uh, reimbursements going down. I think natural medicine, real the real medicine is is going to be under more and more of an attack. They're going to try and limit it because or, or take it over and 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 blend it into the pill for ill model. So you you must like that like Mr. Safer says, like Phil says, think for yourself. Have a critical thinking about everything. And just know when you start hearing negative uh, reports about vitamins, no one has shown anybody a body yet because as of uh, the 37th annual report from the American Association of Poison Control Centers, zero death from any vitamin. Okay. So don't, you know, they're, they're, they're demonizing melatonin now. Well, yeah. right. Did you see that? They're demonizing it. Because they're not making right. any money with their Zoloft and so forth. 
So uh, oh, yeah, yep. We're we're in a we're in a real pickle here. We need to we need to think for ourselves and and just again, my religion is skepticism. It's an old philosophical school. It goes back to the Greeks. And it's it's one of the, the wisdom schools is skepticism. Be skeptical. It's scientific. The scientific method is the skeptic's method. Hmm. Good, good advice. You know what? Let, let's end with that. And, and let's end with a, 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 a promise to our visitors that we'll continue this next month. Is that are you on board for that? Absolutely. And I appreciate what you're doing and stay the course. You're doing a great service, Dr. Ron. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And we're going to, we need to have more discussions like this. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm having uh, uh, Dr. Negri on. He, he's, he, he's written a gorgeous book about natural healing, but they're under attack now. They're under attack. Chiropractic is under attack again. Uh, so we right. have to keep keep letting giving you the facts and you make your own decision and with that i'm going to uh, call it a day i want to thank uh, mr safer his uh, website is elexa e-l-i-x-a dot com uh i personally and uh, my family are using his colloidal silver maker and i don't know how he makes any money from it because i i purchased it about three years ago and it's still making 10 parts per million uh, with it, with those silver rods, you must have. They were you're they're, you're making them too well. Uh, but, <laughs> but in any case, take a look at that Alexa.com and uh, just take a look. Look if you're on my mailing list uh, for future shows, uh, take a look. Uh, you know, open that email up from Mailchimp, and uh, you'll see when when Phil's going to be back on. So again, Phil, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you again. Thanks a lot, Doctor. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, it's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week.